welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host and writer for your entertainment corner, Kelsey Loisel. And with me today is my co-host. Mark Salcedo. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Here we go again with the levels. Uh, managing editor and writer at Screen Dot. Why is my voice just on whack mode? I know why. <laughs> and I was drinking water. You want to know? Yeah. Ed- edge of my seats right now. Edge of your seats. You mm-hmm. have more than one seat. I have a big booty. One for each cheek. <laughs> one for each each cheek and, and a, a small one for my booty hole. Ew. <laughs> you know, look, this is what I have to say to that. Okay. Death is too easy for you, bitch. I want you to suffer. <laughs> that That is my relationship with you. Mm-hmm. Just suffering. All the time. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Real Appeal. Two E's in real. You can find us on Gmail by emailing us at therealappeal <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> um, if you could review us on our podcast, anywhere you listen to it. And our segments this week are our recent review of the woman king variety time the history of movie inaccuracy and our geriatric cinematic foxy brown 1974 mark what's the terpic it's another day another ass woman for white folks <laughs> for some reason i expected a little more um theatrics as you <laughs> it's another day and ass whooping <laughs> You wrote it. You're like, what is the next word? Wait, hold up. Hold up. (laughs) This is why we have this. It's another day. And and another ass whooping for white folks. (laughs) All I heard. (laughs) (laughs) Let me look at the title of this episode. You got it blacked out, right? Uh So let me. It better be hilarious. It's it's probably not. But it's, it's good though. This is why you blacked it out. The Foxy Brown Woman King. Yeah, she's Foxy Brown Woman King. You could have put a Foxy Brown that is a Woman King. Actually, that's pretty long. Um, hmm. 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 How can we make that better? Foxy, you a Brown King. No, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have to use that now. <laughs> Foxy, you a brown king. You that's a brown what, king. That's what we're gonna put. Nah, uh, nope, nope, nope. We're not doing that. Nope, why nope, not? Nope, nope. That's stupid. That's, that's stu- why I like it. <laughs> um, I make sure everything I write is stupid. That's how they're good. <laughs> um, give me some of that, Foxy. No, yeah, I can't. See, this is why you come up with the titles. Your titles, your titles are normally like spot the fuck. On. But it is because it's a play on words. It's just a, all you do is mash the words together. But it makes sense. I don't know that, that last week's episode barbecue. <laughs> I mean, you're like competing with that one. <laughs> that was that was some good shit right there. Or uh, 
what was it called? Off course, course, off, off course corpse. Yeah, off course, cor- off course corpse. That one, <laughs> that title, <laughs> that was another good one. The foxy brown woman came. All right, it's it's growing on me. I'm sure by the by the end of this episode, I'll be like, all right, it works. Yeah, because like it's for both of the women in the movie. They're mm-hmm. both foxy brown woman kings. Oof, boy, aren't they foxy? Jeez, us. You know, and the woman king had a lot of foxy brown woman kings. Or black. Some were like, you know, some of them were brown, some of them were brown brown, some of them were black, some of them were black brown, some of them were black black. <laughs> okay. I think right. you have a stroke. I know, I'm just gonna stop I'm just gonna stop saying it. <laughs> well you have to talk now to cover up the sound of pocket, pocket with, in with the the, litter box. I know, when she's like she wipes her fucking cat. She wipes her paws off the walls of the litter box instead of just covering up whatever mess she made in the litter box. And I know why they do that because you told me that when they're out when they're outdoor cats for a little while, they don't know how they don't cover up their shit. They're just like, oh, whatever. I was, I was speculating. You were speculating. It, it makes sense because because Pocket was an outdoor cat for like a hot minute. And patches came from right from the womb to like your place anyway. No, kind of. Yeah, kind of. He was in a rescue. Yeah, they well, you know. Yeah, but but pretty much indoor the almost the entire time. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this is why people come to our show. They to hear, hear about the cats they, they and talk their about pooping habits. Yeah. Oh my god! You and know that, what I did last night hmm. while I was trying to go to sleep? What? Looking up how expensive the litter robots were. Litter robots? What's that? You know that big circular one mm-hmm. with the litter box? Oh, I've seen those. Yeah, they like they they jump in and it kind of like rotates like the 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 trap or whatever that the poop's gonna go through and it like closes. It. How much that? How much do they cost? Seven hundred. Are you serious? Mm. Fuck. <laughs> that doesn't make me feel bad about thinking about getting like an electric scooter because i was at this uh outlet store and looking for like a rug and i saw one of those like nice black electric scooters that i was like oh let me see the prices maybe maybe i'll get one get one of these because i was thinking about like how am i gonna like go from my place to your place now because sometimes i work at your place Mm -hmm. i was thinking maybe i'll get myself one of these and then instead of like driving my car i can just use this i think it was like five (laughs) hundred dollars i was like "Mm, i'll just go buy a bike (laughs) i'll get my bike fixed yeah um but yeah you know what people come here for us to talk about cats bikes overpriced scooters and overpriced litter boxes definitely yeah should i talk about any of my news this week Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, if you want to bring it up. So, first of all, very quickly, a whole entire team of people left my work on Friday. Mm -hmm. And we didn't even get to say goodbye. Yeah, just like out of nowhere, Because it's always like a a change in the night. (laughs) Like, Like, I came in on Monday and their desks were like, they left their laptops, but all their shit was gone. Jesus, really? Yeah. You didn't tell me that. You didn't tell me that part, but go on. So then it was really quiet. It was like 8.37 and I texted my, my co-worker. I'm like, it's too fucking quiet without you here. Because they're very loud. 
like they're loud. Mm-hmm. But also at the same time, you're like, it's a good loud. Like, because there's always like laughter or someone like cracking a joke or something. Yeah. Like it keeps, it keeps the place lively and stuff like that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So the heartbeat of the office is gone. And then, uh, then I put my two week notice in on, uh, on Tuesday. Cause I'm going back to my old job. I bet you're happy about that, aren't you? So fucking happy. I feel like you get a sense of, uh, Sense of relief. Sense of freedom. Mm. And I'm trying to find the exact time where George Michael says the word freedom, but I can't find it. So. Mm. And uh, also, I feel bad for my other coworker who now has to deal with the reason why I'm leaving. Why? Um, because she's dealt with the person before. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't, I don't wish that on anybody, especially people I yeah. like. Yeah, no, I get you, I get you. We had it, because you and I talked about it a little bit, and I know, <laughs> I know you and I were like, well, I'm glad you're gone. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you're going back to your old job, but at the same time, I, 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 I'd rather be her than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I'm so tired of your shit. No, I know. You say, I say that every I time. Every I think you actually mean it. I don't. I don't. Yes, I do. Uh, no. <laughs> no, because like it's it's it leaves an effect on you, and like it. And I'm not saying it like in a negative. Like, oh, you shut the fuck up about it. It's not that because you know me and the, like two jobs, maybe two three jobs ago, how much I fucking hated it, and I would like talk to you about how much I hate such working working at a particular place. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm happy because like now you get to move. You're 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 kind of moving back, but you're in a way kind of a restart of like okay, let me go forward again. Um, I think I still view it as all the way forward. Mm-hmm. I don't view it as back at all because oh, okay. I'm getting more pay. I'm going with a team that I really actually enjoyed with, mm. be working with, and when I left. It was kind of like a like a fucking earthquake of huge magnitude, basically. And mm-hmm. they were like, we need to make some changes. And they did. And Very they- pretty quickly, because I've only been gone seven months. <sighs> you say quickly. Uh, to me, it seems like a long-ass seven months. It, well, it feels like that for me, too. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. No, don't, girl, don't ever apologize. You, always, you come to me with my problem. You come to me with my problem? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Look at so, all of your problems. I know, I know. Right? Yeah, you come, you come to me with your problems, and all of my problems are your problems, Mark. Yeah, and and I keep my problems bottled up inside until it turns into a form, and turns and turns and forms into a tumor, and then kills me. Voila. Yeah, no, you don't do that. <laughs> no, I don't do that. Even though it's like thirty percent of the stuff that I tell you, <laughs> that the problems I deal with. Mm. But it's okay. You know what? Back in the saddle. I'm so glad you're back in the saddle because we're going to be busy for the next several weeks on this podcast. I know. And it's going to be really, really fucking awesome. Yeah. We got movie stuff lined up. We got, you know, not movie stuff lined up. (laughs) Um, I got bowling. I'm going to bowl on my last day at at this job. That's what I'm going to do. Last day bowling competition. I like that. I like that a lot. 
We've got Beyond Fest coming up. We've got a couple of concerts coming up. I need to figure out where to get shirts printed. For, for pretty cheap for our bowling team oh okay tim said that he would pay oh really yeah you know what get an extra shirt get an extra shirt made like but like for me for you for me yeah so you want to be called the phantom rollers it's look yeah why look, not the logo first of all canva the best fucking thing i've ever seen in my life it fucking blew my mind i don't even know what that is Allegra showed it to me at work, and I was like, what the fuck is this? This is awesome. You can make anything you want with it. Even you could do it and look like it was done by a professional. Really? Yes. You can pick and choose different things from different logos or graphics that are made, change the color, put it together, boom. So Allegra did this thing really fast. She's like, yeah, let's do this thing. And we found like different bowling pictures, Mm -hmm. and then we looked up ghosts mm-hmm. and we settled on these two red bowling balls with flames shooting out like mm-hmm. like they're going really fast yeah with a white ghost with with sunglasses on uh, and it's the phantom rollers hmm that kind of gives me some ideas then yeah i All was right. thinking hmm the real appeal i know right we'll check it out that would have been cool and also like for our other podcasts, we want to get off the ground. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll check we'll check that out. Uh, also, you can get if you are friends with a teacher, mm-hmm. you can get a if they let you use their email to register, and they don't get emails, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You can get a lifetime subscription to it for free. If I know a teacher, like if you use their email, so it's basically like the teacher signing up. Don't know any teachers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know I I am. One what's it called? One step Kevin Bacon, uh, a teacher, but I doubt he'll help me. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and it's thirteen dollars a month if you pay. Mm. So, gotcha. Ta-da! But you know we but we don't have to pay this podcast. This podcast? No, we do. We pay a fee to upload it onto Podbean. Yeah, see, but I was trying to set you up to uh, you know introduce us into the next segment because we're running over. <laughs> Fine. Uh whatever. No, 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 no. Let's talk about your bowling shirts. <laughs> okay, I, I actually can't wait to see that, see that design though. Yeah. All right, our recent review is the Woman King. An evil is coming that threatens our kingdom, our freedom. But we have a weapon. They are not prepared for. My king, the Europeans wish to conquer us. They will not stop until the whole of Africa is theirs. We must fight back for our people. You are asking me to take them to war. War. Some things are worth fighting for. The synopsis is a historical epic inspired by true events that took place in the kingdom of Dahomey, one of the most powerful states of Africa in the 18th and 19th centuries. Directed by Gina Prince Bythewood. 
written by Dana Stevens. It stars Viola Davis, Tusom Bedu, uh, Lashana Lynch, Sheila Atim, and John Boyega. <laughs> I'm just looking at those names, and I'm like, John Boyega. <laughs> the NFL. <laughs> um, so The Woman King. Um, this is a movie that you and I have been waiting to see. Like, as soon as we saw the trailers for this shit, like, what, earlier this year? Were you excited to see it? Fuck yeah! I wasn't. Really? You weren't excited to see this? I was like, this could go either way. Mm, oh, you know what? I do remember, and I think the reason why, if I remember correctly, when you first saw the trailer and you said either way, is because it has Sony's name on it. I didn't notice that. I remember that when we saw it during the trailer. It's because it's a Sony picture film. Mm-hmm. And I, and I know you don't like Sony pictures. I hate Sony mm. almost as much as I hate WB. Sony pictures, not Sony. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, like as a studio? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's understandable. And I, I also really don't care for their electronics that much either. Never for their PS4? Their gaming systems or anything? That's okay. Okay. But I was thinking about like their TVs or their... Oh, I know they're. I, I I don't know how their TVs are now. I used to deliver Sony t- TVs, but I think that's that's when they were kind of first getting into the flat screen market, mm. and their whole TVs sucked. <laughs> but you know what didn't suck? Mm. The Woman King. Mm. Or in my opinion, it didn't suck. So, what's your overall thoughts on the Woman King? I think it's a really awesome watch. Mm-hmm. Um, it shows a lot of black empowerment, black mm-hmm. female empowerment, mm-hmm. female empowerment. <laughs> like I'm saying you're fucking idiot if you can't relate to this movie. Well, clearly I can't because In, like, one I, way or I, another. Am, I am a male mm. period. Well, I did say black empowerment. But see, this is this is black women empowerment, and you know us hotel bros, we don't like that shit. <laughs> no, no, I I totally agree with you. The the black empowerment, female empowerment. There's a lot of um, female suffering too, so you should be happy with that. <sighs> you know what? This movie doesn't have a whole lot of female suffering. No, I'm doesn't. so glad. I'm so glad. <laughs> like, I'm you. You can tell. Like, well, the 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 director the director of this movie is a black woman. Mm. Which I think has something to do with that as well. Uh, I believe Viola Davis is one of the producers. I think she's maybe like an EP on the movie. Um, pretty surprised the writer, white woman. Huh. Which I was like, mm, okay, all right, all right, it's not too bad, not too bad. But you can tell like there was still like some, I want to say heavy handed direction, but like some direction to be like, no, we have to like do not do these tropes. Yeah. You know, these particular like. So you're saying she like listened? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, what did you think of? Well, since we're on the directing, what did you think of the directing by uh, Gina Prince? Uh, how do you say Bythewood? Bythewood. Bythewood. Yeah. How, well, how, um, how do you? Th- how do you think? <laughs> what do you think of her direction? <laughs> um, I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I thought the. What do you call it when you go back in time? Uh, flashbacks? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> For some reason, my brain was like, I don't know what, a, <laughs> a recall? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, 
the flashbacks were well placed i felt like mm-hmm. and they they did a good job of not being like pointless yeah yeah they 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 more instilled a little bit more backstory into like one of the particular characters and their emotions and stuff like that even though without going overboard yeah yeah it was like it was needed when it needed to be done not like let's go ahead and beat you over the head with this bullshit right um you know there were a few times though that i was like okay i'm kind of like over it like Mm -hmm. when um some of the characters meet i guess Mm -hmm. and they're like trying to like get their bearings on where they're at Mm -hmm. i kind of was like i don't i don't like the feeling of like being the new kid and like trying to figure out how things work yeah i think now that you mentioned it because i remember when i when we first uh when we sat and watched this movie i wasn't something about it i wasn't like getting it i wasn't getting into the movie it might have been it might have been because i was like slightly hung over um but like a part of me was just like yeah i'm not really feeling this um and i couldn't exactly put my finger on it i think it's what you just said right now about the kind of um new kid mentality you know even though the, even though that person the the new kid is supposed to be like um like an allegory or a personification of like the audience. Like we don't know this tribe, but like we don't know this history. So, you know, we got to have a figure for that, for that character, for the audience. And it's, I think it's, it felt like a drug, a drug on a little bit because yeah. right. You're already yeah. watching the movie and you're new to the movie. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you barely get into the character. <laughs> you barely get into like, okay, this is who we're going to follow. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she's in a new situation and you're like, okay, I guess we're still fucking new for yeah. like 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, I, I will admit that. I kind of feel like um because this character this movie has to do not like a it doesn't have like a whole lot of characters to follow, but there are like three there's like three significant characters that you have to follow within this movie. I know that's a little the letterbox thing <laughs> wide open continue um, what you're saying i'll close it yeah there's like three main characters you have to follow and it's so funny because like and for one section of the character it kind of does feel like it drags on a bit um where like that could have been that could have been like maybe rectify a little bit if we got a little more insight into um more specifically, like, the John Boyega character. Like, I know it's called, like, The Woman King. And, like, because, like, this movie, it sells it as, like, Viola Davis, you know, leading this, like, fucking these, like, these woman warriors and stuff like that, right? Under her king, who's John Boyega, right? So I was I was getting a sense that, like, okay, it's going to be them two, okay? Mm-hmm. And then we got, the, we got the young girl played by uh, Tussauds. Mbedu. Yeah. How you say it? Mbedu. 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 Um, she's like the new girl, right? And we kind of like got a dragged on with that character um, that I think could have been given more time to the Viola Davis character or more time to like the John Boyega character. Just to kind of see more than to the politics of the shit that they have to go through. Yeah. I really don't think we really needed to know where uh, Naoi came from. Mm-hmm. I just felt like that was wasted. Like, mm. I, I agree with you. We could have definitely seen 
more of how things worked with Viola Davis and and the King. Yeah, and how like how they're like never because with the whole like Naui character like it like her character inter intersects with the Viola Davis character in a way that like one it was like kind of expected but not so kind of expected because like when I saw it happen I was like okay it doesn't take me out but I was just like okay I kind of saw that coming um, I didn't but um so like but like maybe sh- maybe like by giving little less time I don't want to say like okay here we go here it is not giving away less time from Naui from the Naui character like as a whole but giving less of her beginnings and having a more of her interacting with the Viola Davis, char- Viola Davis character with Lashana La- La- Lynch character um kind of like their interaction together yeah I think it would I think it would have helped it better with the pacing I think so too yeah um and then also if we're gonna talk about awkwardness in the film yeah um the the king's i don't know uh concubine like the lead one or whatever yeah one of them yeah she was fucking annoying i felt like she was modern like too modern for the film Mm -hmm. she was like a stereotype yeah um yeah that that, that, like kind of like like kind of like went nowhere yeah it was just like like a an annoying fly that keeps buzzing in your ear and you keep swatting away at it or something yeah yeah that's what she was yeah so i was like that part i wasn't really feeling it at all um it, i i know it had its point to it but i felt like if you taken it out it wouldn't even really have bothered no they could have either either written it better mm. and put a better actress in it mm. or they could have gotten rid of it so what did you think of of uh, the acting uh most of it was really good yeah um let's see uh john boyega to me i just he was okay Mm -hmm. i think i think he played it right i guess in a way he was like stoic and when i think of like maybe it's a stereotype and i'm not sure maybe you could tell me but if i think of any type of like leaders in africa whether Mm. they're like village leaders or like whatever Mm. they always seem stoic and like their emotions are in check to the point where you don't even know that they're feeling anything okay and i feel like john boyega did the same kind of thing he might get a little angry sometimes but mostly he was just firm it it, that i feel like that made sense especially given especially given the time that yeah. this movie takes place. So I think it makes perfect sense for him to be more stoic. I get what you're saying, where um, it kind of seemed like, I, uh, from from what I'm getting, it seemed like kind of what, stiff or? um A little bit. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that's what I'm saying. I think that was on purpose. Yeah, yeah. I, feel, um, I definitely feel it was on purpose. Yeah. yeah. But it also, I think doesn't really add to the movie but also i think maybe that's the point it's a perfect like <laughs> backdrop because yeah, the yeah. women are supposed to shine yeah yeah like you don't want you don't want this movie called the woman king where john boyega is like stealing every scene it's like no, john boyega's the woman king <laughs> yeah he has a lot of women and he's the king and he's also a little bitch no, i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i don't think he was much of a bitch but yeah he could have been sometimes <laughs> <laughs> um out of out of every, I mean, of course, Inviter Davis is great, but my favorite was uh, Lashana Lynch. 
mm. with her character. I love watching her. In she is a fucking heartbeat of the movie. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. Um, yeah, she was like that. I think she was that really great bridge between the Violet Davis character and the uh, um, Umbadu, Umbadu uh, character. I think she was the great bridge. She was a really great bridge between the two. So for them to interact and to mingle and kind of stuff like that and what happens to her character I think it was very um, very important to this movie my my brain went to charmed the TV show yeah why because there was that, that dynamic in that show you have the older mm-hmm. sister and the younger sister and they fucking don't get along at all uh, okay. but the middle sister was always like like helping them come together okay I could definitely see that okay I can never see that comparison. Yeah, she she was the middle sister, you know, that brought brought them together and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see that. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Um, <laughs> what, what, a, what? There is one one bit of acting that I thought was really fucking stupid. <laughs> um, let me pull up the dude's name. <laughs> um, was it this one? Was it the white dude or the half? half both of them that white dude and then the half breed like they were they came in and like they were in a completely fucking different movie like they're like some shakespearean type shit or whatever <laughs> i was just like y'all well, like they they came straight out of a fucking play on broadway yeah um one of the name his name is hero finnis tiffin uh who played santo um and then the other cat whose name I cannot find right now, I could not care at all for those characters. Mm. Um, oh, no, I remember Jordan Bal- Bulger, who played Malik. Uh, I could not care for those. I could not care for those 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 actors. Like I agree. I felt like... I, <laughs> when they were interacting with each other, the movie just stopped like there well also um there's like one of them not the the other one's like i'm not i don't have anything to do with this but yeah malik yeah but the santo guy Mm. he is supposed to be like this big bad fucking slaver yeah slave trader yeah and like i was not intimidated at all yeah like at all yeah like fucking fucking now i could just went up to him went boom just pushed him that would have been the end of it Crying for his Portuguese father. Yeah, <laughs> I thought they were Spaniards. I no, they were Portuguese. Mm. I remember that the the Santo guy I mentioned it. The dude I know well. Clearly, he was the guy Malik. Clearly, he was white, and his 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 mom was from uh do from the Dome. Oh, I'm sorry, Dahomey. Um, that's like the only acting out of those two, like out of everybody. Those are the only two I was just like, yeah, I can give two shits about these people. Like, well, those two and the main concubine uh, i didn't give a shit about her either oh yeah 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 her was just kind of, she she came off as this very like teeth sucking like an eye-rolling girl like yeah, I just bitchy wanna, yeah yeah exactly so that's how i was kind of iffy on the on the acting um i thought the it's it's so funny like the writing the writing is really good as well oh actually one more thing i want to mention about the acting okay Tell me if I'm wrong, and of course you will tell me if I'm wrong or not. 
some of their accents kind of kind of kept coming no, in. No, they out. definitely did. Okay, yeah, because I could have. I part of me was like, wait, did they just lose that accent now, or maybe I'm just like tripping balls or something like that. So Gina Gina Prince Bythewood, uh, what nationality is she, or what like? She black. She's okay. Mm-hmm. So here's what I'm gonna say. I think that the writing would suffer greatly if it wasn't like the movie would if it wasn't for her. Yeah, her her filmography is really fucking good in terms of directing. Like she's done this movie called Love and Basketball, which people have been like begging for a sequel to that. She's worked on uh, the Bernie Mac Show, uh, Girlfriends, uh, The Secret Life of Bees. Um, she her most recent film was that movie The Old Guard with Charlize Theron. Oh, okay. Um, that one was pretty good. Yeah, right? And that that was like a multicultural type of cast. Mm-hmm. And it was action, too. It, so, like, with her, <clears throat> excuse me, with her <clears throat> in this movie, the action had to be, like, perfect. Not, I don't want to say it had to be perfect, but it had to be, like, well shot. Especially, like, during, like, the night shots and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, it had to work. It had to really work. And I think she did a, a very good job at it. So, what? I, so my point, though, is that... It, she brought the culture to the movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so, like, I think I got emotional at scenes where I, they were just celebrating. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, I want to be there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, then I got sad because I'm white and I have no culture. <laughs> you have culture. You, your dad is what? I know he's French Canadian, but he, he's I, half French, half French Canadian. They got some French in you. Yeah, my mom's got some too. That's but that's not culture. That you got, you French ha- culture's a culture. That's French. No, it's only French if you experience it and grow up in it. Yeah, I I don't I I definitely don't want to poor culture. S- that's what I got. Yeah, poor culture. Poor culture. <laughs> well, you know what, Kelsey? Easy fix. Go to France. <laughs> go to go to Can- go to Canada. <laughs> Get that French Canadian experience. Mm. Maybe that's why I'm too nice. Because <laughs> you got that French Canadian. <laughs> from what I heard, the Canadians are actually assholes. But really? that's that's from what I've heard, like from, <laughs> from different people. Um, all right. So you want to hop into the uh, spoiler section? Yes. Okay. So uh, we're gonna get to the spoiler section. We're gonna we're gonna talk in great lengths about uh, the Woman King. So if you don't want to be spoiled, here's a spoiler bumper right about now. What's wrong? <laughs> you normally do your happy dance. I know, but I've, I've been feeling really strange. Okay, all right. Well, that's going to be our show for this week, folks. Uh, no, I'm <laughs> um, Anything in particular that stuck out for you with this, with this movie? Um, Nawe stole the show. I thought she was pretty good. The the new girl, mm-hmm. yeah. When when the when the movie got the when the movie got the whole ball roll and everything like that, I thought, I thought I thought that's when her performance started getting a lot better. Yeah, Viola Davis. It was weird because I was like I respected her in the beginning, but then mm-hmm. as time went on, I I think I started to lose some respect for her because she was like 
making questionable like decisions as far mm-hmm. as like don't do this but i'm gonna do it okay don't do this but i'm yeah. gonna do it and she was coming off as like and it makes sense it, it makes sense within this world but like in the context of the movie she was like being a little too hard yeah to a point where it's just like okay you have to start showing growth yeah yeah um and then let's see of course uh lashana lynch's character um is sogi mm-hmm she was really awesome. How did you feel about her uh, her death? Do you think it was necessary or unnecessary? I think it was. Mm-hmm. I think that it was like a catalyst for for them to like go harder. Yeah, like they couldn't just let her die and and nothing be done about it. Yeah, they had to burn that whole motherfucking village down. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So I thought that that's I think that's where I was like, oh fuck yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When when uh, um when the uh, when that tribe came in and they were just like like there's literally a scene where um how you say it name Sheila uh Atem. She like came in and was like whipping a white boy with a with a chain. Mm-hmm. I was just like, yes, I, <laughs> I want more. Get this. Let's start whipping everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that part I wasn't I I was enjoying that. Um, going back to what you're saying about like um, in the non spoiler section about like the part they were celebrating and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I really I was really feeling those scenes where they were just like jumping around and like really like celebrating like their achievements and stuff like that mm-hmm. and even though even though i'm black even though i'm black in africa like they don't like black americans mm-hmm. because they because they claim that we have no culture right you know which is like it's kind of stolen from us but like whatever you know <laughs> <laughs> um but like yeah like if i like to be on that set you know like after that i'm sure like the rap party was off the fucking chain yeah and, yeah. you, and you would have been invited too. You would have been invited. <laughs> I'll be too. invited to the cookout. <laughs> yeah, you're cool as shit. You met you met most of my family under somber circumstances, but you know, I know that wasn't a cookout. It wasn't a cookout, but you saw us all like laughing and talking and everything when we, you know, when we were all eating. Mm. So you know, kind of, kind of. <laughs> it's funny. I think if I went to a cookout, your mom'd be like, Kelsey again. Why yeah. do you bring Kelsey everywhere with you, Mark? Yeah. <laughs> she would. And, and she would say that, and she'd be like, Kelsey, I got this for the girls. Or yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> <laughs> How's Cadence doing? Where's Cameron at? You know, like, <laughs> We're the girls. They're at home. How old are they? <laughs> <laughs> she seems to forget the time she left me alone when I was like eight years old. I know. She went to work. Whatever. 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 Um, so there, like this film, one of the things that I really like about this film is that it it tries. I, I don't want to say it it, de- it does successfully, but it does. It's like ninety percent to stay away from typical tropes. I mean, it, it does the typical. It does do the typical act one, act two, and act three structure, which mm-hmm. is that's the storytelling. Um, but it does like one. This movie does not have a white savior, like at all. Um, I slightly disagree with you. Very, very slightly. Well, okay, where's the white savior? Malik. Did he save anybody? 
He did. He um when they were in the boats. Mm. Okay. The what? slaves that came out. Was he white? He's half white. He and he he plays he plays more white than black. That's the thing. I don't I don't I don't see that as I don't. I don't necessarily see that as a white savior, like a hundred percent white savior. That's I, what I, I'm I, saying. I can, very I can see your point. Yeah, I can see your point. Yeah, very slightly, like the part where he helps those, um, he helps those slaves like get free and everything like that, and essentially kill his friend Santo out. You know, which I was just like, good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I can see that slightly, but there's like no critical character who's like, here, I'm gonna save the day for these black folks and you, come you know around. Why, right. Why? Because they're all garbage. <laughs> At this time, yeah. slavery is cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's how you get things done. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, well with, with that, with Kelsey being, with Kelsey saying that, um, we are going to talk about the inconsistencies of, the, the inaccuracy of, of, the, of this tribe's history with slave trading and stuff like that, but that's more of like variety. We're going to talk about that more in the variety time section. I'd rather, because it leads into like other stuff as well. So anybody's listening is like, why are they talking about the slave trades that they did? Hold up. Hold up. We're going to talk about it. Just not. For, yeah. We know every this. single listener is a history buff and they all know. Well, that's the thing. A lot of, let me hold that back. Okay. <laughs> hold that, back. <laughs> that was sarcasm, by the way. I know. I know. <laughs> um, one thing we never, one thing that we didn't really discuss in the non-spoiler section. Um, what, what did you think of the action? I know I said like I thought the action shot really well, but that was it. But anything of the action set pieces that really stuck with you? Mostly okay. When I watch different action films or like action in films, they sometimes look sloppy, or the the force behind the hitting isn't believable. Mm. Or it goes. To, it's more about agility yeah. than it is strength. Mm. Um, this one, I was like, I, I was really fucking into it. Like, they looked like I would be terrified to meet them. If they oh, hit yeah, me absolutely. one time, I'd probably just die. Oh yeah, like, just give you Viola Davis gives you like this hard stare. You're like. That's it. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's not that they looked intimidating. Mm-hmm. They looked really cool. Yeah. But when they were in action and, like, fighting. Yeah. Like, you knew you, they were going to kill people. Like, those people were dead. Yeah. And they didn't They didn't do any, like, flashy, like, flippity-dippity, like, all over the place. They were like, oh, this looks like some realistic fighting shit. They might have And made they were it. focused. Yeah, absolutely. Like... Like they come off as like a group of a group of people who have been training all their lives to like defend or like go on the offense or go on the defense, and it came off very nat- uh, naturalistic, and it came off very really beautifully shot, especially like during the opening scene where there's like um, where the the tribe the do- the do- the tribe from do- the <sighs> yeah thank you the dope <laughs> the sorry <laughs> like come in at night right and it's like this is this is where like the cinematography like comes into play that comes into excellent play um there are just people who just don't know how to light black skin well 
they mm-hmm. either look like uh you can see white teeth and that's it yeah or like they're under the light of oppression or some shit like that like the like the filter is we shall overcome filter you know that's <laughs> not for me that so I, I saw that from somebody else but like um that's what the light looks like but here it looks beautiful even though they're like savagely like killing these people mm-hmm. um it looks beautiful it, and you can actually see everything happening you know it doesn't do the shaky cam thing mm-hmm. which i know like you can't stand i can't stand it either uh unless it's done well but like in this case it was like here's the action set piece here we don't need clever camera tricks we don't need them doing flips or anything like that no they come in they fucking dominate and then they you know they pray off to their their ones they lost and they move on mm-hmm. and i think it was like really well shot yeah. Um, anything else? Anything else you want to add? Since we're in the spoiler section, something that stuck out? No. I was trying to think. Of, I, I, I had a thought, but I don't remember what it was. Um, one or two from me. Uh, back to the whole trope thing. One of the tropes I'm so glad they didn't do is that how the main girl, she doesn't like run off with the half-breed. Like, oh yeah at all exactly yeah he was just well, like, she kind of well like she she stayed she like stayed with him they went they went to bed together and everything like that but like anybody less comparable would have been like oh yeah she's like goes and seeks uh she's free so she goes to uh she leaves africa to go live out her freedom in portugal in portugal or in england oh because he wanted to take her he want i think he wanted to take her to england um which would have been like no, she'd have been more in prison in England. Yeah, if, <laughs> if she like, left, he should have just stayed in Dahomey. Yeah, and until you, I'm glad he didn't stay either. I was just like, yeah, good, because he didn't belong there. Yeah, boy, you didn't belong there. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like really happy they didn't do like that. That stereotypical. So you trope. agree with, you know, the Africans and you know the black people that don't like American black people. Look, from stories I've heard, they <laughs> some of us, some of them, they don't like us, and it's understandable. You know, some black people don't like Africans because they think they ain't shit. It, everybody hates everybody for some fucking reason or another. I, I would imagine that for you know black people who don't live in America, who grew mm-hmm. up, you know, like where they didn't get stolen from, they were like, I think they probably see like black Americans as tourists. That's, that's to a, their own culture. That's another. That's another one I've heard. My brother, he's he's gone to Africa. He went to like Nigeria. He went to Egypt. He went to like, um, I think he might have went to Ethiopia, Ethiopia as well. But he doesn't really talk about it though. Like, really? yeah, he never. He like, like, like if I go, if I go, if I go anywhere, like, oh, I've been here. It was great. It's beautiful. Blah 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 blah. It doesn't matter if maybe the people didn't like me. I at least want to talk about like. The, the surroundings, the area and stuff like that. I do have an aunt who's currently in Africa right now who says that she like loves it, but she, she you have to take a grain of salt from, from what a lot of stuff she says. Yeah. Because she's got to know for kind of stretching the truth. Yeah. Um, not to say that, not to say that black Americans who go to Africa are going to guarantee to have a bad time. Mm-hmm. Um, but there has been evidence that that has happened at, uh, on some occasions. Yeah. And it's not just black people. I mean, Mexicans have the same issue. True story. 
never forget this. I'll never fucking forget this. I dated an El Salvadorian girl for like a few years. Mm. And I and she showed me pictures of El Salvador. Her parents uh, showed me these pictures of where they grew up. And I was like, oh, that sounds lovely. That sounds great. Like, I would love to go to El Salvador. Here's what she told me. She said, if you, if you go to El Salvador and someone, they will come up to you and say, you have three days to leave. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that just fucking kills the trip for me now, does it? That sucks. I know, right? <laughs> I was like, all right, just tell me you don't want me to go. That's all you got to say, you know? <laughs> That's funny. Um, I don't know. Anything else you want to add? Um, is it worth watching? Yeah, you tell me. Is it worth watching? Yes. Yes, I fully agree with it. Totally worth watching. Uh, on Cinema Score, it got a rare, like, A+. And it's gotten rave reviews, like, all over the place. Didn't it get 100% fresh for a little bit? On Rotten Tomatoes. This Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> if it, it, let's let's check out the Rotten Tomatoes score. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna say for being because it's a black film, I feel like that's a higher achievement because there's so many white fucking haters out there. Ninety five percent. So it was probably a hundred, and then it dipped down. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised it dipped down because how. So it's ninety five percent certified fresh. Audience score is ninety nine percent. Wow. So you know damn well there are some reviewers who are like, the inaccuracy is what fucks up this movie. Blah, 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 blah. All that bullshit. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 you know, I'm going with Kelsey. They should definitely check this movie out. Um, I really can't wait. To, I really want to see the behind the scenes stuff. I, I want to see their training. The amount of training that they did for this uh, mm. for this movie, because you know they got to do a lot of training. Viola, and stuff. Viola Davis looks like she's kind of getting too old for this shit. <laughs> but like, but I, that's what I'm saying. Like, she mm. actually did this really well, and like, she didn't move like an old lady. You want to hear the story about her getting this role? She she went from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, mm-hmm. where she gained a lot of weight. And immediately went to this movie. Oh, wow. And had a drop, like, I think 50 pounds immediately. Wow. For this role. But, like, how do you do that and not have, like, saggy skin? Uh, a lot of cardio. Cardio, and then you do uh, you do a lot of... Well, that's the thing. She wasn't, like, terribly, like, like all, like, huge saggy or anything like that. But you do cardio, and you have to drop the weight gradually. Oh. But like she, but she, but she had to do That's it. That's what kinda. I'm saying. She had to do it fast. So like, yeah. I mean, she. It wasn't like next day. Boom. Here's like life will suction. Like not like that. <laughs> not mean it literally. Like immediately. But like she, she had to lose it pretty quickly to get in the shape. Gotcha. Um. All right. So uh, is that it? Yep. All right. What do we got next? Next, we're gonna do our variety time. <laughs> talk about the history of movie inaccuracy correct that's my ted talk (laughs) that's your ted talk (laughs) um okay so the reason we're going to talk about this and like i said brought it up during our review of the woman king uh first i want to give props to our buddy ivan who uh turned me on to this review uh, talking about the Woman King, and I did a little bit of research into it and everything. Um, and one of the things that I've heard a lot while this movie was coming out is how 
inaccurate it is because the kingdom of, of uh, Dahomey got into the slave trade as well, mm-hmm. right? And in the Woman King, it's like they they fight against it. This is not this is not like a spoiler. They they do they do show in the trailer they fight against the whole slave trade thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so. Um, well, it, it feels kind of like they're trying to rewrite history. Like exactly, let's shine a different light so you can kind of see in a different way why he did the things he did. Exactly, exactly. So, and a lot of people they've taken offense to that, you know. And look, not going to deny it. There were there were some tribes, there were some black people who got into the slave trade, kind of thing. You know why? Because just like with any business booming, you get into the business. You know, unfortunately. You know, slave trading was the business, and that's what happened. Otherwise, these people would, these villages and these tribes would starve. Mm-hmm. You know, they wouldn't get the resources. They would be uh, chokehold to do these type of things in order to survive. Um, so, like for example, this now this is something from the IMDb page for the uh, trivia section for the the Woman King. Uh, the film is based on the Kingdom of Dahomey, which was a West African kingdom located with uh, with Within present-day uh, Bene, that existed in approximately 1600 to about 1904, the growth of the Dahomey coincided with the growth of the Atlantic slave trade, and it became known to the European as a major supplier of slaves. Um, as a highly, as a highly, highly material, not materialistic, um, militarized. Yeah, it was like militarized tick militaristic militaristic thank you kingdom constantly organized for warfare it captured children women and men during wars and raids against neighboring societies and sold them into the atlantic slave trade in exchange for european goods such as rifles gunpowder fabrics uh cowie shells tobacco pipes and alcohol man that's a run-on sentence uh, other remaining captives became slaves in Dahomey, where they worked on uh, royal plantations and were routinely mass executed in large scale human sacrifices during the festival's celebration known as the Annual Customs of Dahomey. Um, so none of that is in The Woman King, mm-hmm. which is on purpose because it's Hollywood. Okay. So, what I'm going to do. Well, also, like, mm-hmm. I think also because it's a white writer, she's like, do I really want to show black people enslaving each other other and killing people. each other? Yeah. And and, it, and is it really, you know, is it really, is there really anything to learn from that? Is there really anything that's poignant that can come out of that that's not other than just black um, suffering? Black suffering. Um. Besides, it's like it's taking a bit. It's taking a bit of history, and like as Kelsey said, you're just kind of like rewriting it. You know, you're just let's just go ahead and fuck around with this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Let's fuck around with this story. Let's make something out of it, and let's do a franchise off it, or let's make millions upon millions, maybe billions of dollars on it, right? Mm-hmm. So here's a list of movies that did the same thing, but everyone shut the fuck up about it until later. Uh, Apocalypto. 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 Thank you. Uh, historian, historians heavily criticized the movie for its inaccuracies, and many felt it was offensive to Mayan culture. For starters, the film focuses heavily on the ritual human sacrifice, which many scholars say was more 
uh, predominant in other cultures and paints the Mayans as barbaric. Uh, the movie has also been criticized for neglecting the Mayans' achievements in science, engineering, agriculture, and art. So that's just one movie. So then we go into... Actually, you know what? I'm going to skip... I'm going to skip two of them, and then I'm going to go, and I'll come back to them later. The movie The Last Samurai, which stars Tom Cruise, right? <laughs> Depicted the uh, Satsuma Rebellion as right versus wrong. Uh, right versus wrong. The Last Samurai depicts the real-life Japanese rebellion, also known as the Satsuma Rebellion, that marked the end of the samurai. The biggest inaccuracy is depicting the rebellion as a right, as a right versus wrong situation, but it was actually to sustain privilege in the film's final battle the samurai are only using traditional weapons but modern weapons were used both sides then argo which i think is really funny because the lead character played by ben affleck is a hispanic as fuck and also didn't it win like a bunch of fucking awards it won an oscar for best writing yeah um, <laughs> while Argo was cr- critically acclaimed, it greatly downplays the importance of the Canadian government play during the hostage crisis, especially since the mission was dubbed the Canadian Caper. Former U.S. President Jimmy Carter even stated the most, that most of the plan to save the hostages is credited to, to the Canadian men. Uh, another one, uh, Gladiator, which misplaced Roman history just in general. First of all, Gladiator that stars a character who they call the Spaniard. Uh, sorry, whose who lead characters they call the Spaniard stars an Australian called Russell Crowe. <laughs> <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I love Gladiator too. It's one yeah. of Ridley Scott's like best movies. Am I wrong for liking... Um... God. Never mind, just keep going. Oh, okay. Uh, the story events takes place 100 years after Julius Caesar's great-nephew, uh, Augustus, uh, also, Augustus turned Rome into an empire from a republic. Uh, the movie suggests Rome went back to a republic after uh, Commodus' death, but that was not the case. Other inaccuracies include uh, Aurelius, Aurelius outlawing the gladiator games, and Commodus' death, uh, death, which did not occur in the arena. Oh, you know what? No, I'll say that one for the last one. <laughs> Uh, another great example, The Patriot, a very all-American movie starring Mel Gibson. First of all, there was no Patriot militant leader called Benjamin Martin, who who Mel Gibson plays, who fought in the Revolutionary War. Screenwriter, screenwriter Robert Rodat explains that Benjamin is based on several different historical figures, Francis Swamp Fox, uh, Marion, Thomas Smutter, Sumter, Sumter, thank you, uh, Nathaniel Green, Andrew Pickens, and Daniel Morgan. For example, the African-American characters uh, who work in Benjamin's home and fields are said to be freed slaves who are devastated when they are forcibly taken away to fight for the British. Francis Marion, uh, however, was a slave owner. Now, this is the character that is that they base the male... This is the... Sorry, this is the real person that they base the Mel Gibson character on. Mm-hmm. Francis Marion, however, was a slave owner who had a reputation for raping his female slaves during the war. He targeted and executed free slaves who were suspected of working with the British. He was also known for his uh, persecution and slaughter of Cherokee Indians, which in the movie is rewritten as a single wartime incident that Benjamin Martin considers his greatest shame and regret. (laughs) All-American movie. 
all American movie. Braveheart, which is very well beloved by white people who claim to be Scottish. Scottish. Yeah, I always get the the Irish and Scottish mixed up. Wallace was actually captured in Glasgow after spending several years in exile in France. Although he was betrayed, it was a it was a Scottish knight named John de Menteith. 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 Thank you. Who turned him over the English soldiers at uh, Rob Royston. Rob Royston. Rob Royston. And he wasn't exactly a man of the people either. Braveheart depicts the Battle of uh, Bannock and Burn. Bannock Burn. Bannockburn. Bannockburn as a spontaneous uprising in defiance of English rule, but in reality, Robert the Bruce had been at war with the English for eight years at this point. Essentially, the Scottish uprising at, how do you say, Bannockburn? Bannockburn. Bannockburn wasn't planned and it wasn't a triumph. It wasn't unplanned. Oh, yeah, sorry. It wasn't unplanned and it wasn't a triumph to William Wallace. A tribute. Tribute. Thank you. I'm, sorry, I'm messing up. And it wasn't a tribute to William Wallace. And when it comes to the nickname Braveheart, that wasn't Wallace either. It was actually the name used to refer to none other than Robert the Bruce. <laughs> if you see anything of Braveheart, Mel Gibson, mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. William Wallace, right there. The movie's not even about the motherfucker. Or the title. <laughs> and then one of the most egregious inaccuracies in history is Pocahontas. The real Pocahontas, also known as... Mataro Aka. Uh, Matoka. Matoka, thank you. Matoka on her, or her birth name, Amunut, was only 12 or 13 years old when it, when she was kidnapped. The decision to make this, her the decision to make her story a tale of love is problematic one, is a problematic one. And that, and that kind of glosses over, I think she killed herself or some shit or she just died yeah as john smith was really like some 38 38 year old fat slob guy who just loved diddling little girls and shit like that and pocahontas she died when she was what 21 yeah i think she like committed suicide i think she like she died in england she like jumped off a building or something like that Mm. i think that's how her story really goes but that that is what i'm talking about the inaccuracies that Hollywood does and how people are just like, oh no, like it's, it's a great story, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like what I read about the Patriot about Braveheart, what's going on now with the little mermaid mm-hmm. about how people are just pissed. The fact that a fictional character is not white. You know what Disney should do next? Hmm. The fans are going to love this. Make movies accurate to the brothers Grimm. oh like the accurate like fucked up stories and shit yeah like that? because that has oh, yeah. nothing to do with their childhood stories <laughs> so check this out check this out disney is doing us they're, they're, they're continuing doing a big fuck now disney has problems disney has problems but sometimes 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 disney they know what they're doing mm-hmm. um oh, i'm sorry let me rephrase that they always know what they're doing sometimes they're doing something that i really like they're doing a Snow White live action film. Mm-hmm. They're getting a Latina woman. Yeah. To play Snow White. <laughs> and the funny thing is, like, she actually looks like Snow White. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like a big, like, you guys can go fuck yourself on all this shit. Yeah. Um, the, um, what was I going to say? I don't know. What were you going to say? <sighs> 
the dwarf thing, though. I wonder how what they're going to do with that. Well, I know Peter Dinklage has like come about and said like really like we're doing the whole we're doing dwarves again. Like why are we no not not now we're doing dwarves again, but like why why are we doing Snow White again? Does that story really need to be retold live action? Like what the fuck? Which I understand can be problematic because it's like why are we doing this for uh, this movie? Um, at the same time, it is Disney. A book is it can be made. I mean, they made a, a live action Aladdin movie. They made a live action Lion King movie. They're doing a live action um, prequel to the Lion King with Mufasa. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole thing with Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. My understanding, they're gonna they're actually gonna get like little people. To I don't I don't I actually don't know what is the correct term. Little people is it little people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they're gonna get like little people to actually play like the Seven Doors. Okay, I I think that he's gonna be proven wrong. Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Hey, it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> our geriatric cinematic of Jack Hill's Foxy Brown. When Foxy Brown comes to town, all the brothers gather round. Cause she can really shake them down. Foxy lady, Foxy lady. Pam Greer, that one chick hit squad who creamed you as coffee, is back to do a job on the mob as Foxy Brown. You tell me who you want done and I'll do the hell out of it. A chick with drive who don't take no jive. Woman, she's crazy. There's no telling what she'll do. This film came out in 1974, and the synopsis is a voluptuous black vigilante takes a job as a high-class prostitute to get revenge on the mobsters who who murdered her boyfriend. Directed by Jack Hill, it's written by Jack Hill and David Sheldon. It stars... Pam Greer, Antonio Fargus, Peter Brown, and Catherine Loder. So, yeah, Fo- Foxy Brown, one of the most famous uh, black, I always say this incorrectly, black black exploitation movies um, to come out of the 70s, uh, Sugar Hill, Coffee, uh, Black Caesar, you know, uh, Dolomite, uh, sweet sweet backs badass revenge or badass song um so it was actually it was actually pretty dope to kind of to kind of revisit this movie i remember kelsey and i tried to rewatch this one time what was it, about two years ago or something like that yeah but like we we we, we were drinking and <laughs> that that didn't happen that didn't happen um so like i say it was actually pretty badass to come back and revisit this movie but as usual no one gives a fuck about my opinion what matters the most is uh, what did Kelsey think about this? I really liked it. Okay, what's your overall thoughts on it? Um, I really like how they didn't kind of treat Foxy Brown with like kid kid gloves. Like mm-hmm. shit fucking happens to her. Yeah, but it wasn't really showing like black suffering. Yeah, it wasn't, like, really gratuitous or anything like that. Well, it, it was a little bit, but, like, it wasn't, like, 
it like she wasn't as affected by things as mm. you would expect. Yeah, yeah. And so like she just kept going and doing what she knew she needed to do. She's kept being a total badass. Exactly. Like yeah. she wasn't like the damsel in distress type like. Yep. She oh this happened to me. All right, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what this movie did that the Woman King did as well? What? No white savior either. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Kelsey's, well, Kelsey and I did come in agreement that there's like a little bit of a white savior in the Woman King, but this one, not so much. I mean, she like, Foxy Brown, or Pam Greer came in, you know, with a, with a gun stuck in her afro, fucking just blasting people with that shit and everything like that, kicking ass. Um, I really thought that part where she was with the other, she was with the other prostitute and they were fucking with that white guy. Mm-hmm. And then... <laughs> There's that part where they like they took his pants down and then like they looked at him. They're like, "Oh, baby, is that what you're working with? How you supposed to hurt me with that thing, <laughs> that little old thing?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's funny." Yeah, emasculate that man. <laughs> but my brain went to Euphoria, and uh, I, was, I was like, "He probably likes being talked to that way." Oh, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what did you think of the acting? I know the acting. I know the acting isn't like oscar winning you know it's obviously like a lot of amateurs when it comes to the acting but i i feel like there is some some quality for it especially like of the time since this is like during like the 70s um some of it was good and some of it wasn't good i thought her brother was kind of over the top oh antonio vargas Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i thought her love interest was kind of like he was boring yeah he was really boring yeah, he didn't bring up like it's it's so funny because like it's it's almost like it was almost like it was like a one sided relationship between him and Pam Greer's character. Like she was like, Oh baby, yeah, I miss you and everything. He'd be like, Yeah, I miss you too. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> not I, like, I guess. I know. Not like in those not in that way exactly, but like I don't know, it felt like there's supposed to be like a lot of love there and everything. But it came off as like she's just one of many of his bitches. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, I noticed you were looking at something and it caught your attention. What was that? If you care to say about oh no, when you're on your laptop. Oh, um, it's because I have a crush on Catherine Loader. After watching this movie, the psycho bitch. Yeah. Okay. Because of her eyes. Really? There's something real. Like she has bedroom eyes. Sleepy eyes? Yeah. Um, That's the kind of look you like them sleepy. You've never heard of bedroom eyes? Not sleepy eyes. It's definitely like seductive, like sexy, like. Oh, you know what? I feel like that's resting bitch face. No, it's not. It's definitely the eyes. Okay. Because I saw a picture of her. I'm just like, damn, some resting bitch face power right there. (laughs) Um, Anyway, I was just trying to. I was like, let me see what else she's in. But no, she died at the age of 38. Oh, yeah, I I saw that in the trivia. Complications of diabetes, so. Yeah, I saw that in the trivia. This was was actually her last movie. She she was in Days of Our Lives, though. My mom's probably seen her. Yeah, I'm sure she mentions her. Uh, If you tell that to your mom, she'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember her. (laughs) Um... Uh, anything else from the acting? What do you think of? Because uh, this isn't your first Pam Greer movie. Because mm-hmm. you've seen Coffee, and I remember you enjoyed that. I thought Coffee was actually a better film. Really? 
Like, I like Foxy Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of feel like she's too too happy, too okay with her brother. Like, I know that he, mm-hmm. that she loves him and everything, but, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little jaded with my own family. Like, oh, any of gonna- my... I, okay. Yeah, like I, if I any of going. my siblings was into that shit, be like, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> no, I get you. I mean, she eventually she does do that, but it, unfortunately, it has it's to, too late. It's too late. Like her lover's dead, and she's like, get the fuck out of town. Which I'm surprised she didn't like blast his ass like right there. Yeah. Um. So you you said you like coffee. That you did you think coffee was a better film. Which I didn't know this until looking into it, but apparently Foxy Brown was supposed to be a sequel to Coffee. Oh, okay. Um, and it was supposed to be called Burn Coffee Burn. Mm, burnt Coffee. I know, right? Um, let me see. However, American International Pictures decided at the last minute they didn't want a sequel to Coffee, so they changed it to Foxy Brown. Um, which is, I think is funny because a lot of people, when they think of Pam Greer, they think of Foxy Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember liking coffee. I remember coffee being a bit more refined. When well, it she came also to goes harder. Yeah. Like she goes harder in coffee mm-hmm. as far as like what, what bothers her and yeah. like what she feels compelled to do. And in this one, I just, it just feels like she's reacting to everything. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And she does have some character growth, but um, I feel like she doesn't really become like a badass, like a super badass to- till towards the end. Yeah. Um, but she's a little bit too feminine, a little too soft. Like, yeah. Cause I think this one was, it, this one, I, I think at the time of when Foxy Brown was coming out, it, now mind you, uh, Foxy Brown came out like a year after coffee, but I think by that time coffee had, picked up already like people were just like yeah you gotta watch this badass movie with this badass woman pam greer right and her sex appeal was already there so i feel like in foxy brown they were like all right let's more utilize that sex appeal that she has let's let's use that that feminine side of it without her being like a total badass with like a double barrel shotgun like in in uh in coffee Mm. Um, they could have just attached a rifle to her leg like um one of those grindhouse films. Oh, you're talking about fucking, uh, what was that called? Planet Terror. There you go. Yeah. Planet Terror. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's easy. I mean, the effects would have not looked good, but it's easy. It would have been done. <laughs> um, what did you think of the, the directing from Jack Hill? Uh, it was okay. I, I didn't really, I think it bounced around kind of a lot I in totally the beginning. I totally agree with you, yeah. It, it got a little better towards the middle. And then it started bouncing around again at the end. 100%. I was getting kind of confused at the end. I'm like, wait, what are they do? Why are they going here now? What's going on? Yeah, like, all of a sudden, it was like, she's, like, with her brother and, mm-hmm. you know, and then her love interest and stuff. And then all of a sudden, she's, like, going after people. I'm like, how do you even know who these people are? Like, I don't know. It was, like, a weird yeah. disconnect. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's funny because, like... Like, when you think about it, she gets, Foxy gets into Catherine Wall's empire to, like, dismantle it from the inside. But all she really does is just, like, go, she meets up with one prostitute, or one of the call girls, insults, like, this white dude. 
finds out the call girl has like a husband and a son who's like leaving and she like tries to help him and then she tries she tries to get she tries to get the guy not the guy she tries to get the, the call girl to leave with her husband but like Catherine wall uh her Catherine loader uh her character like gets the goons to like find foxy and everything like that capture her and then sends her off to like what they call like the shack or something like that the ranch the ranch send them off to the ranch where she like they shoot her shoot her up with heroin they rape her a couple of times and it's like she's free and now from her work of trying to dismantle from the inside now she's like no i'm just gonna hit the outside with like a fucking tank yeah <laughs> which that's why that's where i was like all right we're kind of going here and there and everywhere like with this movie mm-hmm. like i felt like i felt like jack hill was kind of like I think he kind of rolled himself into a corner or he kind of got lost because on the IMDb page, David uh, Sheldon, he's credited as final rewrite. Mm-hmm. So maybe the original script had too many problems with it. And they were like, all right, we need to like fix this like right now. Yeah. So that's why that's why I think the ending is kind of like jumbled up or kind of goes all over the place. Yeah. Um, I, I remember what I was saying about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Catherine Loder's eyes. Yeah, they kind of remind me a bit of Anya Taylor Joy with like how. Oh yeah, I remember. Like how wide that. set they are, but also like when they're not like super interested in things, like their eyes can be really wide, or yeah. because they have such big eyelids, like when they're yeah. just regular, they're they have a lot of eyelid. That's what sleepy eye, like uh, uh, bedroom eyes are. Okay, I gotcha. So you think maybe Anya Taylor Joy can? Uh can it be in the remake of Foxy <laughs> Foxy Brown? She could. <laughs> Who would you choose for Pam Greer? Fucking Pam Greer. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, oh, you know what? Homegirl that I like so much. Uh, Lashana Lynch. I pick her as, as Foxy Brown. Kiki Palmer. Kiki Palmer? Uh, I can picture Kiki Palmer, but Kiki Palmer would be too... No, she can bring the drama. Yeah, she can totally bring the drama. I saw her in a little clip today, um, where she was on doing like a game called Password uh-huh. on the, um, you know, like with Jimmy Fallon. Oh yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, and she was like, she didn't even say anything. Uh-huh. All she said was Rose. Uh-huh. And then I forgot who she was talking to, but they were. She was like, like, like making like her head and like she was just doing head nods and shit Mm. and her um her teammate got it and they're like what was it uh titanic oh (laughs) and it was funny because they're like you know there's a whole lot of black conversation going on right here Uh, yeah (laughs) they were both black but yeah but it was funny uh, the way kiki palmer like moves when she's she was like like uh uh-huh yeah. What speaking of speaking of Kiki Palmer, what if what do you think of the um, there's this there's this snowballing campaign for Kiki Palmer to play Rogue in the X Men movie, and I've actually seen some concept art, like I think Boss Logic did uh, did a drawing of her, looks legit. I but I kind of feel like she's too much for that character. I don't think so. She's, because she Rogue had, was not wild and loud. That's the thing. I think Kiki Palmer can pull that back. 
especially if, if it calls for it. Like she, I like, I definitely picture her saying "sugar" a lot. Yeah, she. I mean, she does say that yeah. a lot, but mm, not feeling it. I think I don't know. I feel like if you pull Kiki Palmer back, then she's not Kiki Palmer. Mm, I get you. I get you. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, for now. Um, yeah, I know who should do uh, Rogue. Who? Scarlett Johansson. <sighs> <laughs> That'd be the most boring fucking Rogue ever. I know. <laughs> um, you know who could play Rogue? Leia. <laughs> the most boring fucking Rogue ever. <laughs> um... Anything else? Add? Anything else you want to add to uh, Foxy Brown? No. Um, okay. So, with that being said, do you think this film? Do you think it still holds up? Um. No. Mm-hmm. But I still think people should watch it because it's like kind of important, I guess. I think it is. It's it's, it's like an important film that you should watch and like. It definitely shows black people in, in a different light than how white people always try to fucking paint them. Well, yeah, I, and I think I, 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 first I'll agree with you that it, it doesn't hold up. It's obviously of its time. It's of its eras of the seventies, but it's something that is definitely should be seen because it is like it is a good example of what happens when you make a competent black exploitation film. Um, and it's like Foxy Brown and Coffee, maybe even Superfly. You know, I'm like, oh, definitely Shaft. Shaft is another great example. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Foxy Brown, it is one of those movies like, oh, you need to watch the movie of this era because this was during a movement, a, bl- uh, a black cinema movement. It was, And Foxy Brown wasn't at the center, but it was part of that movement as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's my take on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else to add? Um... No. Uh, so that's going to be it for our show for this week. We want to thank everybody for joining us on uh, this show. Sorry for the late episode. I pulled my back again. again. <laughs> At least you weren't using a samurai sword. I know, as right? A cane. I know. I actually, ha- actually used the cane. Uh, so that's why we were pretty late. Like it was, it's, it was pretty hard for me just to sit down because of the. Comp- the compression of my muscles and my spine is like not doing so well, but much better now. Um, so yeah, once again, apologies for that. Uh, but that's a good thing because you guys are going to get two episodes within a one week of each other. So yay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we will also like to thank the folks over at your entertainment corner for hosting this podcast on their website. Uh, for all your film news, TV news and reviews, check out your entertainment uh, you can find this podcast on all podcast catchers. Um, next week, we're going to be reviewing Don't Worry, Darling. Is that the name? That, that's the correct name, mm-hmm. right? Don't Worry, Darling. Uh, starring Florence. I like to call Florence Pew Pew. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is in theaters. That's what her nips were doing on that red carpet. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> pew pew. Um, that is in theaters September 23rd, Friday. So at the time this, uh, at the time, you know, you get this episode, the movie will already be hitting theaters. Um, with that, 
our geriatric cinematic will be the Wizard of Oz. Uh... What year was your Wizard of Oz? I asked I asked this Kelsey because she's she's the expert at the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, totally expert. I have no fucking clue. Uh, <laughs> uh, 1939. 1939 ah, Wizard see, of Oz. I was thinking, you know, maybe the 40s or 50s. I know, well, I was going to say like 1925, but that was like the first Wizard of Oz movie that came out. So yeah, 1939's Wizard of Oz. Uh, confession time. I've actually never seen this movie. Like ever and also you don't really have an interest in watching the movie i've never had an interest for it it is it seemed too hot too hokey too hollywood too nothing about it interests me at all like you know what i i challenge you mm -hmm. when we watch it to find some things that you like about it i'm up for that i'm definitely up for that um you know not to get too much into it but i do really like how they play with the idea of it being black and white in the beginning. Yes. And then it changing to color when she gets on her journey. So, yeah, that, that's I, that's a good point because I was, I was going to bring that up. I'm very curious in seeing the whole technicolor aspect of it, of how the color incorporates it from black and white into, like, into color within the movie. Um, so, very interested in checking that out. Um I'm sorry. That's that's so far. That's the only reason I, I want to check it out. <laughs> other than let's do it for the podcast, and then let me see. Let me see the technical marvel at the time that is the Wizard of Oz. Um, that well, you also want to hear the fucking bullshit about what happened. Oh the my god! So, uh, Wizard of Oz is streaming on HBO Max and is available to rent on Apple TV, YouTube TV, Google Play, or uh, other VOD services. Um, the topic for that week will be the drama behind the drama. The reason for that is because there's been a lot of drama going on with the press tour for Don't Worry Darling and a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And I've heard so many stories about what the fuck happened during The Wizard of Oz that uh -huh. makes it one of the most nightmarish filming ever. Mm -hmm. So I really can't wait to take a deep dive into that and yeah. see that bullshit. Um they're pretty excited about that. Yeah, because you like bullshit. I love bullshit. Um, that's why I got brown eyes. Because I'm full of it. <laughs>